As the 2022 elections draw to a close and candidates anxiously await the results of several close races, we met with former Elk Grove Mayor Steve Lee. Here is what Lee had to say about the importance of making informed voting decisions. And so as a voter, you have to be educated and informed. And if you're not, then you're going to be spoon-fed misleading information that will cause you to do something that may not necessarily be consistent with what your values are. I'm Dan Gilready. On this edition of Elk Grove News Podcast, we discuss this and more with the former mayor who, like many of us, has been watching this election cycle with keen interest. This interview was recorded on Saturday, November 5th, 2022. Steve Lee, thank you for joining us today on Elk Grove News Podcast. Let us start by discussing your political career in in so much the elections you ran in. You first ran for office 20 years ago in 2002, and between 2012 and 2022, you were on the ballot every two years. So you've been a candidate for several years in several elections. What's the difference between when you ran 20 years ago until today in, in going through each cycle? Has, how has it changed or has it changed it or is it the same? Well, uh, first I want to thank you, Dan, for providing this opportunity. And I also want to thank you... Um, uh, say thank you to the listeners, uh, many of whom which, you know, tune in uh, to to get updates and, and get some of the latest. And um, as I've shared with you, um, I really do enjoy your podcast. And uh, you'll be surprised that there are a lot of individuals that um, that I've spoken to in Elk Grove that, that do listen to you. Uh, so it's a pleasure to be here. Thank I you. think that in uh, to answer your question, a quick summary, what I have found is uh, in 2002 when I first ran, what I sensed in Elk Grove was a caring, loving community that wanted to do right. What I see today is Elk Grove being a battleground with uh, the number of uh, PACs coming in and really trying to influence the uh, results of the election. Was this an incremental change, you think, over the last 20 years, or is this something that happened just in the last one or two election cycles. In other words, between 2002 and 2012, had it changed substantially in those 10 years? I think that it gradually changed. At one point when Elk Grove was, um, and you know, we've heard this before, where Elk Grovians would reject negative campaigning. And so that was uh, kind of the standard uh, that I've heard in the Elk Grove community. And so uh, PACs didn't have an interest in, in want to be involved. And I think the other thing that, that is attributed to it is um, Elk Grove's population is growing. And so now Elk Grove is seen as a heavyweight in determining some of these key uh, offices. And so as a result of that, um, there's money at stake. Uh, there are issues at stake. And the PACs um, want to make sure that their monies are influencing the election uh, in their favor. And so if I could, uh, if, if I was to kind of put it all on, uh, on the map, um, on a timeline, I, I would say, and try to determine where it slowly went in that direction, I would say 2000, 
2016 was where it started, PAC started testing to see whether negative campaigning worked. And so by 2018, we were in full full-fledged. And, and, and now, as you can see with the number of mailers that are attacking and literally making things up, you know, and pulling up things from any possible indication of, um, of what they deem as uh, valid issues on the, uh, the, the campaign trail to be pulled in and turned into a mailer. Now, Steve, I know when you ran your elections, your campaign never ran as I recall, and correct me if I'm wrong, never ran any negative ads against your opponent. And I don't think you had any PACs necessarily running negative ads against your opponent. But you've certainly been subjected to those. I have. And one of the things that, um, you know, I've always um, subscribed to is I want to win with respect. I want people to look and saying, yeah, that's how you should do it. You know, uh, I don't want to uh, lower myself to get to the point where it's it's dirty, where you just start making up stuff. Now, I'll be the first to say that I have no problem reiterating something that is a fact. And, you know, I've done that in the past in debates and, and what have you. But to spend the money on a Miller attacking um, and, uh, you know, just telling blatant lies uh, it's not consistent with uh, who I am and um, what I've always uh, advocated for. And and perhaps maybe that is, uh, as many of the political insiders have told me, that's a mistake. Because as, um, as proof with the Mellers that we've seen, not only in just uh, Elk Grove, but across the nation as well, neg- negative campaigning, it works. Let's talk about the mailers just a little bit because there's various theories on them. Personally, I keep them all. I have a treasure trove of mailers going back 15 or 20 years. Mm-hmm. I'm not typical, though. Do mailers work? I mean, my, my, my gut feeling says at a certain point, a voter gets a mailer from a candidate mid-October, early October, and they see it and maybe they look at it. But as these mailers continue to come in, my gut feeling tells me even engaged voters at a certain point, just get them and put them directly in the recycle bin. Do you, I mean, what's your view on that? You, I mean, do you think they work? Yeah, um, they do work. And uh, the fact of the matter is that what you're looking for is that five seconds of a person's attention before they throw that away. And so the average person does throw it away. Um, but um, what... What a, a mailhouse hope is, and the graphics designer's hope is, to garnish enough of buzzwords and headlines. And so as you, uh, you know, for, for your listeners, when you have a chance, take a look at some of these mailers and, and look at what they're saying. By design, they are saying highlighted words, bald words, large print, and look at the fine print or do your own research. And then you'll, you'll get, as Paul Harvey would say, the rest of the story. But um, because we're relying on that five seconds of people looking at it and throwing it away, the imprint um, and the emotional response uh, of a voter is what drives a person to vote, you know, either positively or negatively, uh, in favor or against. Um, when you go into the ballot box, you rely on what your gut feeling is. 
you know, as much as, as uh, the effort is put in on educating a voter, they go in the ballot box and they vote based on emotion. You know, and they're like, oh, yes, you know, I've heard that that candidate spent $5,000 on that couch uh, in their political office. That's horrible. You know, I mean, what does that say about, you know, his or her conduct when they're in political office? I mean, these are the, the, the type of things that resonate with people. And so if it didn't work, the PACs and the political candidates would not spend so much money on it. And bear in mind, all of this is based on polling. It's not random. You know, there are people that poll. And so, yes, you may say, yeah, I'm a voter and I got a call or I got a text and I ignored it. Right. But what about the other people who didn't ignore it? And so the polling, the efforts of the polling is only a sample of, um, of what the population, the voting population would, uh, who would vote. And so it doesn't have to be everyone who's being polled. It's just a percentage of it. And based on that percentage, you can have a good guess, uh, a good prediction of who's going to win, who's going to lose, what message works, what message doesn't. Let's go back. There's, a, there's a one word you use, and this long, has long been a theory of mine as an amateur political observer, is emotion. I've always believed that a candidate has to connect emotionally, and that emotion can be hopefully positive, but also negative. And mm -hmm. I'll pick on Donald Trump. Donald Trump emotionally connected with people in 2016 that no other candidate did. He, he, he spoke to people in Michigan, mm -hmm. and that's where I'm from. Don't mind you, this isn't an endorsement of Donald Trump, mm -hmm. but trying to explain why he appealed to people. There were people there who felt as though they had been neglected for the last 40 years. Right. And he spoke to their concerns. What's, what do you think is the best way for a candidate to emotionally connect with voters in the way that they'll vote for, for that candidate? The key part is empathizing. And, um, you know, from a political scientific uh, analysis of Donald Trump, Donald Trump uh, was able to do that. And if you look at uh, his style and the way he connects, he connects with the average person. And so when you look at candidates that are successful, here's a good example. Um, I, I recall like uh, Clinton, uh, President Clinton. He had he was in a debate, and um, I forget who it was. Is George W. George H. W. Bush probably? Probably, yeah. But one of the things that he did that was really noteworthy is there was a question on what you're going to do to I think to create jobs or something like that. And so his opponent just did a straight answer. You know, this is my plan A, B, and C. But what what Bill Clinton did was he actually nudged forward and said, your question is really asking and illustrating what you've suffered. And so, you know, things like that, it connects. I think um, Barack Obama does very well that as well. Yeah, I think that was actually, you're right. I don't think that was uh, H, uh, I don't think that was George H.W. Bush. It might have been one of the primary. It could have been, yeah. Rights. But I remember that clearly. And I just thought, wow. I mean, that that is a, you know, I mean, very effective strategy and um you know and, th and this is just you know because i study political science um i i find this tech the these various techniques by politicians really interesting 
And, um, you know, I study from a student standpoint, not necessarily that I support X and Y, uh, but um, yeah. I'm going to put you a little bit on the spot here, sure. Steve. Uh, and I'm not going to ask you for predictions, but um, we have several candidates in Elk Grove. Elk Grove really has five competitive races for five competitive seats. So mm-hmm. you have a slew of candidates. If you were to pick out one, and this is not meant to be as an endorsement, what candidate out there is doing the best in terms of emotionally connecting with voters in your, in your view? Is there one? Oh, gosh. I think Dave Jones is doing a very good job of connect, connecting emotionally. You know, and, um, and I've met <clears throat> both of the uh, Senate uh, candidates. Dave Jones just has that method of, of um, making people feel that he's paying attention to you. You know, uh, oftentimes, and I'm sure you've seen this, Dan, is politicians, when they're in the room talking to you, they're not talking to you. They're looking beyond you, behind you, to see who else is there that they can network with. People see that, you know. And Dave Jones, he's he's very good at at not showing that. And so I think Dave Jones does a very good job. I think his his Mellers do an effective job of um, of attacking the issues that uh, of his opponents that he feels that that would not make a good senator. I think that that does, his consultants obviously put a lot of thought into it. You know, I'm, I'm similar to you. I actually look at these Mellers and try to understand what's the motivation behind it. Why are they talking about specific issues? And, um, and peeling one layer beyond that, which is, okay, now what is the truth? And what is, uh, you know, just the hype? Uh, what I find is that uh, in these mellers, they're designed to manipulate the voter, and they're designed to get that emotional uh, response. Um, but um, positively, I think that Dave Jones does a very good job. One last question here, Steve, before we wrap up. We talked about mailers. We talked about emotionally connecting with voters, the effect PACs are having on this election, this election cycle in particular, we're literally seeing millions of dollars being dumped into Elk Grove Mm -hmm. to sway voters. What's your advice as somebody who's who was a candidate and who successfully ran for office to voters to kind of filter all the minutia of these mailers out and making their decision? What advice would you give to a voter in determining who they should vote for with all this set of conflicting claims my recommendation to a voter is call the candidate directly uh, talk to the candidate go meet the candidate uh, do your own research because the truth of the matter here is I'm a firm believer that from the political standpoint um, they want a certain message they want a certain effect from the voter and so as a voter you have to be educated and informed and if you're not then you're going to be spoon-fed misleading information that will cause you to do something that may not necessarily be consistent with what your values are. And uh, I would encourage every voter to make sure that they educate themselves. And if they don't, whoever is in office, you've actually supported that person. That's why they got there. Even if you did not vote, you did not do enough of uh, 
of an effort to educate your friends and family so that they uh, would be able to put the right person in place. So I always say the people that are in power, you supported them. That's why they're there. And now that they're in positions of power, then you're subjected to what they decide. Steve, would you like to come back maybe after the election and we can do a post-mortem? Would that be of interest to you? I Yeah, I would be interested in that. You know, um, I think uh, it's important uh, to continue to hammering the message of, of voters uh, just educating. And uh, it doesn't stop after the election. Uh, you have to pay attention because you wonder, you wonder how bad politicians get into positions, you know, high positions of power. It's because good voters don't pay attention. And it's because good voters don't pay attention when they're running for school board, when they're running for uh, city council, when they're running for assembly. And so, you know, uh, pretty soon they're running for U.S. Senate. Uh, and now you're wondering, like, how did this person come to power or how did this person get here? Is because you have had the opportunity and you either you didn't vote or you voted, didn't vote, um, you know, um, uh, or gather enough people to vote against this person. That's why they're there. Steve Lee, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate your time. Thank you, Dan. It's my pleasure.